And you know that physically and in the flesh we may be tired, but Lord, I ask that you just please help us. Lord, I pray you'd help me as I attempt to preach your word, that the Holy Spirit would allow me to say the things that you would have me to say. Father, I pray that you would work in such a way that you that I would only say those things you want me to say, and that it would be used, that the word of God would be used uh, to help us grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. We love you, Father. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're there in Acts chapter number 32. And if you remember from last week, we studied the fact that the children of Israel had corrupted themselves, and the children of Israel had... Well, well like if you remember from last week, Moses had been on the Mount Sinai with God for 40 days and 40 nights. And during those 40 days and 40 nights, the children of Israel started to wonder whether or not Moses was coming back. They started to wonder uh, what had happened to their spiritual leader. And because of it, they went to Aaron and they said, Look, Moses is gone. And they said, Make us gods that we may serve them. And he said, Give me, give me your gold, give me your earrings. And he made them a golden calf. The Bible also tells us that the people we read there, that they had become naked. The Bible clarifies for us in 1 Corinthians that they had started to commit the sin of fornication. And it was a grave sin that the children of Israel had done there while waiting for Moses to come down. Now last week we dealt with the people's sin. This week I want to focus in on the response of Moses and Moses' response. And if you look at, we'll start at verse number 7 tonight. Uh, The Bible says in verse 7, I'd like you to see God's reaction. God's reaction. These people are in idolatry. These people are in the sin of immodestly. They're in nakedness. These people are also fornicating. These people are just uh, worshipping a God that did not bring them out of Egypt. They're worshipping a false God. And I'd like you to see the response of God. Because I believe, as, as we study the Bible, and by the way, this is why we study the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. This is why we preach these verses. Because as you study the Bible, and you begin to see uh, Scripture for what it is, you start to get a different image of God than uh, the, the Christianity today likes to paint. If you look at verse number 7, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. Notice he's saying, these people are disobedient. I told them to do a certain thing, and they turned aside from that. And he said, they turned aside quickly. It didn't take them much long to do it. Look what he says. They have made them a molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Now notice, this is God speaking to Moses. Look at verse 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. He says, these, these people are, are, are stubborn people. Verse 10. Now therefore, notice, I want you to just see, this is God speaking, by the way. Now, there, now, uh, now, therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. I want you to understand this. When God's people were in blatant sin, God's reaction was wrath. God's reaction was anger. 
And today, Christianity likes to, you know, make God out as if He's some sort of a Santa Claus. You know, he, He's just happy with whatever you do. He doesn't expect much from you. And as long as you just, you know, name, call the name of Christ, you know, it doesn't really matter how you live your life. It doesn't matter what sin you're part of. It doesn't matter what you do. Let me tell you something. When you start getting a picture of God, you start realizing God is very interested in the things we do. God is very interested in how we live our lives. And oftentimes, God is very angry and upset when we quickly disobey His Word. And people will say things like, well, that's the God of the Old Testament, the God of the Old Testament was angry, and the God of the New Testament... And look, look, the Bible says, Jesus Christ said, you know, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ said that He is from the beginning unto the end. And the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. The same God that was angry at sin and flooded the world was the exact same God that showed grace on Noah and allowed him to be saved. It's the same God. And sin upsets God in the Old Testament and the New Testament, same God. And we've got to understand, God's response to sin is wrath. And oftentimes, as Christians, we'll do things, and we know it's wrong, we know the Bible says it's wrong, we know we ought not do it, we know what the Bible teaches, but we'll say, well, I'm going to do it anyway, and God's going to just be okay with it. Let me tell you something, the Bible says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God is upset with sin. God is not happy with sin. The Bible says that His wrath waxed hot against them. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them. Notice, he said, he said this is what he said, he said, I'm just going to kill these people. He said, I'm tired of these people. He said, they keep murmuring against me, they keep complaining against me, and now they're doing this. He said, I'm done with them. He said, in fact, Moses, you're the only one I like. He said, I'll just make of thee a great nation. God's reaction was wrath. But I want you to see Moses' reaction. You say, what was his reaction? Intercessory prayer. If you look at verse 11, the Bible says, And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, you got to understand, this is, this is Moses speaking to God. He says, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? He says, Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of the evil against thy people. Moses is saying, Look, God, if you destroy these people, the Egyptians are going to say that you were powerful enough to bring them into the land that you'd promised. And, and Moses says, okay, will you just... No, notice the last part of verse 12. He says, turn from my fierce wrath. He says, can you not be angry? He's, he's interceding on behalf. Now, these people were wrong. These people had sinned. But Moses goes into a mode of intercessory prayer. And keep your finger there in Exodus 32. But go to 1 uh, Timothy chapter number 2. And let me show you something in regards to prayer. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy... In chapter number 2, if you look at verse number 1, 1 Timothy is in your New Testament. If you can find those T books there, you got 1 and 2 Timothy. First, I'm sorry, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, and then Titus. All the T books are kind of grouped together. So if you find a T there, you'll find 1 Timothy, chapter number 2. If you look at verse number 1, the Bible says in 1 Timothy, chapter number 2, and verse 1, it says, I exhort, therefore... That first of all, now he's going to teach us how we ought to pray. Notice what he says. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, notice the next word, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. 
The Bible says when you bow your head to pray, when you get on your knees to pray, your prayers ought to consist of supplications. That's asking for something. And that's usually all our prayer. God, give me this, and God, give me that. But he says, look, supplications, where you're, where you're, you're, you're begging, prayers are actually the term for asking. Intercessions is what Moses was doing. Interceding on behalf of people that were wrong, they were in sin, but he was saying, God, would you have mercy on these people? Let me tell you something. You and I all know people we could be interceding for. That's right. You, you, you may have uh, loved ones who are in sin. You may have friends who need to get right with God. You, you may know someone that may be living a life, uh, uh, steps that might upset God or bring the wrath of God on their life. Let me tell you something. It is our job not to say, well, those people are bad people and God, you know. Usually we come to God with the attitude of, God, can you just kill so-and-so? <laughs> you just take care of so-and-so. I can't stand that person. Now look. These people attacked Moses, the the children of Israel attacked Moses more than they attacked God. But we don't see Moses going up to God with an attitude of anger. We see Moses going, and and we're going to talk about anger here in a second. But we see Moses going to God with an attitude of intercessory prayer. And he's coming on behalf of these people and he's saying, God, would you please forgive these people? Go back to Exodus chapter 32. He intercedes for the people. And I want you to notice something very interesting. Oftentimes, I, you know, I believe that prayer is the least spiritual action that believers do. Out of everything we do, going to church, reading our Bibles, you know, uh, speaking of uh, Jesus Christ to others, I believe prayer is probably the thing we do the least. But the interesting thing is that prayer is probably the most powerful thing we have in our arsenal. Moses stood before God and said, God, would you please change your mind? And I want you to see the response in verse 14. The Bible says, And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto this people. See, Moses asked for something, and and what God reacted with anger, Moses reacted with prayer, and Moses' reaction changed God's reaction. The Bible tells us in James, you don't have to go there, but the Bible tells us that the fervent prayer availeth much. And uh, many times we can accomplish things, and many times we can do things if we would just pray for them, but here's the thing, we don't pray. Moses' response to these people's sin was, number one, intercessory prayer. But number two, I'd like you to see, Moses Moses, uh, uh, interceded for the people, but number two, Moses, I want you to see Moses' anger towards the people. God got angry. Moses prayed. But then Moses turned around, went down the hill, or went up the mountain there. And if you look at uh, Exodus 32, look at verse number 18. The Bible says, uh, actually, look, look at verse number, I don't want you to look, we saw that last week. Look at verse number 15. Verse 15. And Moses turned, and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. And the tables were in on both sides, on the one side and on the other side, uh, were they written. Now here's what you understand. When Moses was on the mount, this is when God gave him what, uh, the, the two tables which held the Ten Commandments. Now the original Ten Commandments were given by Moses. God cut the rock himself, and the Bible says they were written with the finger of God. And they were given to Moses, and Moses was carrying these commandments as he was walking down uh, the mountain. Uh, if you look at verse number 16, and the tables were the work of God. 
and the writing was a writing of God graven upon the tables. You see that? So God wrote it up, upon there. Uh, they were engraved upon the tables. Verse 17. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is noise of war in the camp. So they're coming down the, the mountain and he hears all this commotion. He says, he says the people are under attack. There's no, they're, 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 they're being overtaken. Verse 18, uh, and, uh, we see Moses' response. And he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery. He said, it's not the people, it's not people shouting because they're winning a battle. He says, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome. He says, it's not the voice of people crying because they're being slaughtered. He says, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. He says, they're not in battle, Joshua. They're having a party down there. Look at verse 19. And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. Could you imagine being Moses walking down? I mean, you've been you've gone for 40 days. And we understand 40 days is a long time. But he comes down the mountain... And the first thing he sees is this golden calf, and he sees naked people dancing and worshiping an idol. And the Bible says, look at verse 19. And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, and he saw the calf and the dancing. Look what it says. And Moses' anger waxed hot. Moses began to understand. Now I understand why God was so angry. <laughs> he says, and Moses' anger waxed hot. Notice. Notice. He cast the tables of his hands and break them beneath the mount. He's literally so angry, he took the Ten Commandments and just broke. That's not all he did. In verse 20. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire and ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. I mean, he was upset. I mean, can you imagine? I, 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 when I read these things, I, I like to put flesh in it. You know, I, I like to watch, see it in my. I can just imagine Moses. He's an older man at this point, just walking out. He just takes his command, just breaks. Can you imagine just stone breaking? I'm sure, that, that the shattering made a huge sound. I just imagine this guy just walk. I mean, I, you know, because the Bible says they were dancing around this thing. I just imagine him just like pushing people out of the way, putting, you know, just get out of my way. Grabs this thing, just carries it. Bible says he burnt it. I mean, he, he, he got, you know, he, he burnt it and he, and he put it down. Um, it says he ground it to powder. He strotted upon the water and made the children of Israel drink it. He made them drink it. He burnt it to powder. He put it in the water. He said, you drink this. That's how upset he was. You know, it's like when, when your mom, you know, you say something you were supposed to say. She'd like wash out your mouth, you know, with literal soap, you know. You're like, That's your punishment. Hey, Moses was upset. Look at verse 21. And Moses said unto Aaron, he goes to Aaron, because Aaron was the guy that was in charge. And he says, what did this people unto thee? That thou hast brought so great a sin upon them. He says, he, he, this is what he says to Aaron. He says, did they, what did these people do to you that you allowed them to do this? So did, did they threaten you? Did they tie you up? <laughs> I mean, did they, what's going on? Look, look at Moses, uh, Aaron's response. And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. He says, thou knowest that people that they are set to mischief. Now, I'll say to that, that's true. These people are set on mischief. But look at verse 23. For they said unto me, Make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. Now notice, Aaron's not taking responsibility for this. Aaron says, you know, number one, he said, Moses, first of all, you know these people, they're, they're just set on mischief. And Moses, it was kind of your fault because you weren't here. You've been gone for 40 days, and they were like, what's going on? Look at verse 24. And I said unto them, whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it me. Now here, you know, if you really read the Bible, you start seeing, you know, just the humor in human beings. But it's not that funny, because it really represents us very well. I mean, this is what, notice what Aaron is saying. 
Verse 24, And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it me. So he says, they gave me their gold. Look, look at the next part. Then I cast it into the fire. So he says, I took their gold, I put it into the fire. And there came out this cat. So he's just like, he's just like, they gave me the gold, I just threw it in the fire, and there's just this cat came out of nowhere. He's like, you'll never believe it, Moses. <laughs> and he's just like, it's not my fault. But let me tell you something. That's how you and I act today. I, I just I just had a conversation with somebody and I said, Hey listen, I was told that something happened, you know, we we gotta deal with this, this isn't okay. Well, it wasn't my fault. People people say people ask me, Well well how'd that go? And I said, Well you can't deal with someone while they're in denial. Aaron says, Well it wasn't my fault. And now before you get to going on Aaron, you gotta realize the only reason Aaron was there is because Moses asked for him. Do you remember that? God called Moses and Moses said, I can't do it, God and God says, Okay, if you need if you need help, I'll send Aaron. Aaron ended up being more of a detriment. And we understand that Aaron redeemed himself eventually and did, a, did great things for God. But Aaron did, ended up being more of a liability. You better be careful what you ask for. God says, hey, I want you to do something. And you say, well, I, I can't do it unless you give me this. It, it might be more of a liability in the end. Only reason Aaron was in that position is because Moses put him in that position. And he throws, and by the way, it's a blatant lie, obviously. It's a blatant lie. That he cast the gold and it just came came out as a as a as, as a cap. But even more than that, the Bible tells us earlier in the passage. Look at verse number four. It says, "And he received them at their hand." Or look at verse three. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. So the Bible specifically tells us that he molded, he made a molten calf and he fashioned it with a graving tool. He grabbed the tool and he began to work and he made this thing. But then he's telling Moses, I just threw the gold and it just came out. You'd never believe it. <laughs> It's a blatant lie. But, like I said, that's how you and I are. You know, we say, well, it's, it's funny. Yeah, but he, we, we got to understand when, when we deal with sin, we got to deal with our sin. Moses had anger towards these people. Look at verse number, uh, well, look at, well, go, go to Proverbs real quickly. Let me just show you a few verses. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 14, right after the book of Psalms, Proverbs. Because I, 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 I want you to understand this, this concept. Moses was angry. God was angry. Now the Bible speaks a lot about this concept of anger. If you go to Proverbs chapter 14, if you look at verse number 17, the Bible says, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. Do you see that? Yeah. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. And a man of wicked devices is hated. If you go to Proverbs 15, if you look at verse number 18, Proverbs 15 and verse number 18, the Bible says, A wrathful, that word wrath there means anger, a wrathful man stirreth up strife. You get around someone who's angry all the time, you're just going to have strife all the time. You're going to have contention. But he that is slow to anger appeases strife. So someone who's slow to anger is trying to stop arguing. Stop Strife. If you go to Proverbs 22, look at verse number 24. Proverbs 22, look at verse number 24. Proverbs 22, verse 24, the Bible says, Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man thou shalt not go. God says, hey, don't be friends with people that are angry all the time. He says, people that are furious all the time, He says, don't, don't go. You say, well, why not? Look at verse 25. Lest thou learn His ways and get a snare to thy soul. 
That word snare is talking about a trap. And he says, he says, you know, you ever been, you ever just been so angry? <laughs> you confess your sins now. Ever been so angry and you're just like, I don't even know, I like, like I don't even know why I'm angry. I'm just angry. And you feel trapped by anger. The Bible says, you get a snare to your soul. That's why you don't want to be around angry people. Go to uh, Proverbs 29, look at verse number 22. Proverbs 29, look at verse 22. Proverbs 29, verse 22, the Bible says, An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man abundeth in transgressions. The Bible talks a lot about the subject of anger, and a lot of times, you can go to Ephesians in your New Testament, Ephesians. Oftentimes, anger is... Not a positive thing in Scripture. Anger is not something. God uh, looks at us when we become angry and when we're soon to anger. When we have a short fuse, that's what being soon to anger is. He says that's not wise, that's not good, it's not good for you, it's not good testimony. But what I want you to understand is that sometimes you can be angry and not be sinning. In Ephesians chapter number 4, if you look at verse number 26... The Bible says, Be ye angry, but notice, and sin not. Do you know that you can be angry without being in sin? Now, oftentimes, we are angry because of our sin. But the Bible says you can be angry and not... He says, Be angry and sin not. He says, Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. He says, You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be mad about something longer than, than a day. Okay? He says, Don't go to bed angry and wake up angry. You know? Uh, man, I wish I could remember... Uh, I, I used to have a when I was a teenager. We we I was in a youth group, and our youth pastor used to say, he used to say, um, get glad in the same shoes you got mad. And he would say, you know, when you if you're mad, he said, don't before you take those shoes off to go to bed, make sure you're glad. He said, don't let the you know your uh, the sun go down upon your wrath. But what I want you to see there in Ephesians 26, he says, be ye angry and sin not. It is possible to be angry without sinning. And we know that because the Lord Jesus Christ got angry. Do you remember when, when He went into the temple and they were selling? When they were selling all those things there? And He said, you've made my father's house a house of merchandise. The Bible says, because of the zeal of thine house, He went out and He made a small cord there. And He just walked and He just threw Himself a fit. I would have loved to have been there. He walked in that temple. The Bible says He began to throw tables down and chairs down. He took the money and threw it on. Can you imagine just being in a, in a crowd? Can you imagine like being in Costco? You know what I'm talking about? Where they have all, like, all that little food where you can grab it. And just walk in and just like, start throwing stuff on the ground. Taking money, just throwing it on the ground. That's what Jesus said. He was whipping people and get out of here. He was angry, but we know he never said. Be angry and sin not. You can be angry and not sin. I don't believe that. You can go back to Exodus 32. I don't believe that Moses was in sin when he was angry. Now, most of the time when we're angry, we're in sin. Most of the time when we're angry, it's because it's not a good thing. But there is a such thing as righteous indignation. And what I'm trying to explain to you is this. Today we live in a society. Today we live in a world. And today, we've got to understand this, we live in a world where God's people, people that are supposed to be saved, that, are supposed to, that, that claim the name of Christ, are sinning as bad, if not worse, than the world is. I mean, today we find God's people in fornication. Today we find God's people in idolatry. Today we find God's people walking around naked. Today we find God's people in drunkenness and devotion. Look, what I'm trying to say is this. You say, well, what, what should we do? Intercede for those people. Love those people. But there's something to be said for a little anger towards sin. Now, we have not hate people, but sin ought to make us, ought to make us angry. 
this country where the pulpits in America would thunder. They used to call it hellfire type preaching and brimstone preaching. Today, that's looked upon as a negative thing. Let me tell you something. When people used to preach against divorce, marriages stayed together. When people used to preach against fornication, we didn't have 50% you know, pregnancy rate among teenagers in certain locations, and definitely in the ghettos. Definitely on Northgate. When people used to preach against drunkenness, we didn't have alcohol abuse. When we used to preach against drugs, we didn't have all these things. America used to be a nation that was a very moral nation when we preached against sin. Today our pulpits are all... And there's nothing wrong with talking about the love of God. Understand that. But when that's all you talk about, the love of God, God loves you, you're a good person, let me pat you on the back. Let me tell you something. Everybody needs a pat on the back, but every once in a while we need a kick in the rear end. And every once in a while we need to be told what's right and told what's wrong. And we need to understand that God does not like sin. Moses gets down from the mount and he says, this is not okay. Moses comes down from the mount and he says, I don't like this. God doesn't like this. And he got angry. Thank you, Lord. He got upset. He said, Moses, this is what I like about Moses. Not on my watch. I know you, may, you, you may do that when I'm not here, but we're not going to do it while I'm in charge. And he took care of the situation. The Bible teaches we ought not be angry. But there is a time to be angry. The Bible says there's a time for love and a time for hate. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to build and a time to break down. Look, there's, there's times when we're justified in anger. Make sure you're not angry in sin, though. Thank you, Lord. We saw, number one, Moses' intercession for the people. We saw, number two, Moses' anger towards the people. Number three, I want you to see Moses' call to the people. In verse number 25 of Exodus 32, the Bible says, And when he... I'm sorry, uh, Exodus, I'm, I'm in Genesis, Exodus 32, if you look at verse number 25. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? I love, I love the, you know, the Bible gives us such great questions. Moses just stands up, he, he, he got rid of the cab, he got rid of the, and he stands up and he says, let me just ask you one question. He says, who's on the Lord's side? You know, you got to study out the questions in the Bible. All throughout the Bible you find men of God standing up to crowds and asking them questions. And here's the question, here's the point. God constantly is asking us to make decisions, to make choices, to, to choose sides. Moses said, who is on the Lord's side? Do you remember uh, uh, Joshua? At the end of the book of Joshua, he says to the children of Israel, he says, look, are you going to worship the gods of your fathers on the other side of the Jordan? He said, I don't know what you're going to do. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And he said, let me just tell you, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But he said, you choose today. He said, you make a choice. Moses said, who is on the Lord's side? I remember Elijah, when he, was on, when, when he called down the fire there. And with the prophet of Baal, and before that great miracle, he said to the people, he said, How long halt ye between two opinions? He said, he said what? He said, because the people, remember the Bible says they were watching to see whether God was going to perform for Elijah, or whether the, the prophets of Baal were going to win uh, the, the contest there. And, 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 and Elijah says, why don't you choose a side? Here's what he was doing, he was drawing a line, he said, choose. And today, as Christians, we got to get to a place 
where we just choose. I look, are you going to serve God or not? The Bible says because you're lukewarm. The Lord Jesus Christ said because you're lukewarm. He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. He said, I would rather that you be hot. He said, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. You know why I don't like lukewarm? Because lukewarm is a guy that can't make a choice. Lukewarm is a guy that, you know, the Bible says, uh, uh, someone who is uh, unstable in all his ways. Let me ask you something. Let me tell you something. Choose a side. Choose, you know, you, you either choose to serve God or not. Get in or get out. Get sold out or, or, or quit on God. Do something. Make a choice. Don't just live your life in the gray area. He says, who's on the Lord's side? But notice, he asks for a decision, but then he asks for action to follow the choice in that decision. In verse number 26, or he says, And Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? But then he says, Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. So all the sons of Levi come to Moses and say, We're on the Lord's side. And in verse 27, he said, Oh, really? And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword on his side, and go in and out from the gate to gate throughout the camp. Notice, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And there fell of the people that day about 3,000 souls. Moses said, who is on the Lord's side? They stepped up and they said, we're on the Lord's side. And he said, okay, then prove it. And he said, these people are in sin. He said, we can't have this sin in the camp. He said, go through and slay all these sinners. He said, find these people in fornication and kill them. Find these idolaters and kill them. You say, Pastor, are you advocating we kill? Uh, uh, you know, I'm not advocating we we uh, we kill anyone. All right, you gotta understand that. I'm gonna I'm gonna someone. Actually, I, I should say this. Somebody is. Uh, one of these days, I'm gonna get a gun, <laughs> and I'm gonna and I'm gonna go hunting. You know, animals. You say why? Because every once in a while, you gotta kill something. You know, it's better better to kill that than than you. You know. People, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not advocating we, 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 we go through and clean up the camp. I'm not saying that, but, but this is a picture. You know, they were supposed to find their own brothers that were insane and get them out of the camp, literally take them out. You say, why? Because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Come on. And, and maybe today, I'm not saying you kill your friend or you kill your neighbor, but maybe spiritually there ought to be a killing of a relationship. Maybe spiritually we ought to decide, you know what, I'm going to choose to serve God, and what that means is going to be followed by action, and I'm going to choose to sever some relationships, to sever some things that I'm doing. Hey, the picture there is of separation. And he says, don't just... Choose to do something. He says, follow it up with some action. Go to James real quickly. Go to chapter number 1. James chapter number 1. James, uh, right after the book of Hebrews, James chapter number 1. If you look at verse number 22, James chapter number 1. If you look at verse 22, the Bible says, Be ye doers of the word, notice, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Let me tell you something. When you, 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 can, you can say all you want, I want people to be saved. But if you don't go out soul winning, look, you're, you're not deceiving anyone. You're deceiving yourself. He says, be you doers of the word and not hearers only. 
There's nothing wrong with hearing the word, but there is something wrong with the person who hears the word and hears the word and hears the word and hears the word and never takes action on the word. He says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. He says, because if you're a, a hearer only, he says, you're not fooling anyone. He says, you're just deceiving your own selves. He says, God's not deceived by that. God knows your heart. And by the way, people aren't deceived by that either. You, you know, today we have Christianity is filled with people who call on the name of God and say, I'm, I'm this and I'm that and I serve God and I do this. Look, if you're not doing what you're saying, you're just a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And people see that. Actions speak louder than words. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong. Hear the word, but take action. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Moses calls for action. And lastly, I just want to see, want you to see real quickly, look at verse number 30, Exodus chapter number uh, 32. I want you to see Moses' heart for the people. You say, well, Moses was angry at the people. Yeah, but you know what? Moses also loved these people. See, we have this attitude where we want to correct everybody. But Moses didn't start correcting people until, did you notice he prayed for those people? You and I want to walk in, you know, we've had people come to this church and, 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 you know, start telling teenage girls, you're not dressed like that. It's like, well, before you start, number one, you're not their mom. <laughs> number two, you know, before you start correcting people, how much time do you spend praying for that person? Oh, God. Moses, you said he was angry, but before he was angry, he was interceding. See, he was, see you know how we know that Moses was not in the flesh? Because when you spend time with God in prayer, and you walk up, and you do that spiritual work of praying, you're not going to walk in the flesh after that. See, if we would have walked down the mountain and not prayed, then we could have said, well, Moses was in the flesh. Moses wasn't in the flesh because he was praying. And then his heart shows that he was in the flesh. If you look, look at verse number 30. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin. Look, he's not, he, he, he's not shying away from the issue. He's not mincing any words. He's saying, look, this is, this is a great sin. And notice what he says, And now I will go up unto the Lord, peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, notice, he's praying again, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. I want you to just, I, I want you to just envision Moses just on his knees, talking to God, and he says, Oh, this people, have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. If you look at the writing of the Bible, you can almost see the emotions. Look at verse 32. He says, Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin. Do you see that little dash there where it goes to the semicolon? You know what that's telling us? Just the amount of emotion. Moses doesn't even know what to say. I, I would imagine that is in the Bible tell us this, but I'd imagine that, that that he's weeping at this point and he's just speaking speaking out to God. And you can almost just hear the man saying, Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin. Pause. And notice the next statement. And if not, he says, Blot me, I pray thee, out of the book which thou hast written. So what what does that mean? Well, here's what that means. The Bible says there's a book called the Lamb's Book of Life. And if you're a believer, your name is in that book. And Moses, this man of God, stands up and he says to these people, or he says to God, he says, forgive these people for what they did. He said they did a horrible sin. But he says, if you won't forgive these people, 
and you're going to punish these people and literally send them to hell? He says, blot my name out of the book. He says, he says then take me with them. Now, I don't know about you, <laughs> uh, but there's very few people that I'd give up my salvation for. And of course, you can't give up your salvation. Once you're saved, I mean, you're, you're, it's, it's eternal, it's done. Jesus paid for it on the cross. You can't give that up. But we can see the heart of this man. I, this is what made Moses so great. That he, that he would say, and, and you know, go real quickly, just go to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, what time is it? Oh, we got time. Romans chapter 9, look at verse number 3. Romans chapter 9. You, you see this played out again in Romans chapter 9, let's see. I didn't have this one in my notes. I want you to see. Look, look, look at this. Look, look, look at this. This is obviously we 